Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're listening to At Home in Connecticut, your guide to all aspects of daily living in Connecticut. Hosted by Bill Pierce and produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. Good morning and welcome. My guest this morning is Dr. Joel Levine, who is a professor of medicine and the founding director of the Colon Cancer Prevention Program at UConn Health. Dr. Levine, good morning and welcome. Oh, good morning, Bill. Thank well, you. You're welcome. And um, I asked you in here because um, reading uh, recently in the news about the American Cancer Society and colon cancer and the recommendations they are now making in terms of screening for colon cancer skewing younger well, that's actually not a surprise. It was uh, something long in coming because we recognized uh, four or five years ago that there was an increasing number of young people, uh, age of 40 to 45, who were developing colon cancer. And the American Cancer Society went back and created a mathematical model, and they looked at groups of people and projected forward based on the fact that young people were getting colon cancer and saw that from the age of 40 to 44, even though there had been an increase in risk, it wasn't beneficial to the individual or overall to the society to screen at 40 because that was one of the original talking points. Mm -hmm. But the math turned out to show that if you did it at 45, then you would be picking up the younger age group at risk, and I'll in a moment tell you why that might be so, and then tracking them forward because if the risk begins early, it obviously lasts a longer time. And uh, they didn't really pinpoint a specific reason why younger people seem to be more at risk for colon cancer, did they? No, they didn't. And in fact, uh, we talk about that a lot, they and, and I and my program. And It's a complicated story, but I'll try and keep it as simple as humanly possible. And this doesn't sound like it's colon cancer related, but it actually is. Mm -hmm. There are three major elements that determine whether you're at risk for colon cancer. If you put aside family history, and most people think that that means that you're really at risk if your father had colon cancer, it turns out that only about 3% of those people who have colon cancer in the family have an inherited risk, where there's a mutated gene they get at conception and that passes on to them. Everybody else who has colon cancer in the family, for example, has a the math of risk. What are the odds? that you'll have colon cancer because you share modifiable risks with that person who has it. And that was the first clue. So what are the modifiable risks? One is insulin biology. The second is inflammation biology. And the third, the billions of species of bacteria in the colon. Now, what does that mean? Well, simply spoken, if insulin levels go up, or insulin biology changes if you gain weight, if you have diabetes, if you're rounder around the middle, intraperitoneal fat, especially in Caucasians, mm-hmm. is really a signal 
that the biology that underlies all of this is really going forward. So as you get older, to lower that risk, getting smaller is really useful. Mm -hmm. But it's more than just the appearance because the second part, which is the inflammation signaling, the stuff you can't see, it's like what goes on in the computer. It's not inflammation that gives you a sore hand or finger. It's all the background of inflammation signaling in cells. If that's at a very low level, everybody's happy. It's a normal regulated process. But something happens, and that low level of regulation is lost, and you get very high levels of inflammation signaling in the colon cells. And you say, why do you go from low to high? And the answer is probably the most fascinating change in the thinking about colon cancer in 50 years. And that is the billions of species of bacteria in the colon change from those that don't forward inflammation to those that do. And believe it or not, Bill, that mix of inflammatory-seeking bacteria wind up on the surface of the colon, disrupt the inflammation signaling. The cell doesn't like it. Later on, you develop, because of that inflammation, the very mutations that you might have inherited from somebody in your family, you actually acquire them. So the relationship, therefore, between, for example, what you eat, what bacteria you have in the colon, how they change, how you change is really the very, very beginning of the colon cancer risk. And when we looked at young people who were developing colon cancer, obesity turned out to be a significant risk factor. The younger you are, the heavier people have gotten, mm -hmm. and that's really crept into the biology of colon cancer, not because they have more people in the family that have it, but in point of fact, because there's a metabolic and a biologic change in all of us, and often that occurs earlier. The colonoscopy, I guess, has been the gold standard in terms of screening for colon cancer. With all of this now, that would mean there are other things you probably need to have done aside from that uh, or in addition to that to be able to keep a close watch on this. Well, that is in fact true. And this is a very evolving area of investigation. In fact, the new recommendations by the American Cancer Society expanded the test that that would be based on. And one of the tests, or there are several of the same form, are testing the stool for occult blood, but in a new way. Not the old test that was there years ago that could be fooled by the hamburger you had the night before, mm -hmm. but one that can measure very, very, very small amounts of blood that you can't see. The sensitivity of that test, meaning if you had a colon cancer, would it detect it, is close to, but not quite at the level of a colonoscopy. The specificity of that test, if you're a normal person where you have a normal test, is about 98%. So a negative in that test is extremely helpful. So now, average risk people in many parts of the world, and increasingly in the United States, may have that test first. It's called a FIT first, fecal immuno. Uh, testing. And the fit first strategy is emerging just because of the cost and access to colonoscopy. Colonoscopy is a very good test. It detects polyps or we're beginning to rethink whether all polyps mean the same thing in all people. So colon cancer is something that for a long period of time doesn't really have any symptoms. So you, this test that you're talking about is this something that should be done on a regular basis when you have your annual physical well a lot of people are beginning to do that because the recommendations for the fit test is you do it once and then you do it every year 
that's a plus and minus if the physician or the health professional is really encouraging you to do it annually. It's a very good long-term program. And it's similar to having a colonoscopy on a one-time basis. And the recommendation used to be if it was normal and you were at low risk, you'd have one 10 years later. Mm -hmm. Well, life is complicated. And the reason for that is there isn't one kind of colon cancer or one kind of colon polyp. And therefore, because there are different species, apples, pears, and bananas, when they appear and the rules of the game as to what makes them appear may differ. So there's a process called interval cancer, which means if you have a normal colonoscopy on day one, 10 years later is not the free ride. In mm -hmm. fact, as I say to people, it's like you know going to Vegas and hoping that you're lucky. So we now do something either by prevention and in, in diet and other things, or we follow them over time with a stool blood test to be sure that in the interval, nothing bad is happening. Well, believe it or not, we're out of time, and there's so much to talk about. Indeed uh, there is. I'd, I'd love to have you back at some point in the future. But if people would like more information about what you've been talking about here this morning, is there a good place to go? Well, you know, there are, American Cancer Society puts out any number of, of documents. The Connecticut chapter is particularly active. Uh, my program at the health center has been there for eight or nine years. And, and because we apply these rules and, and with their help and others, we have not seen a colon cancer develop in people we, that we follow long term. These are preventable diseases by identifying risk, by doing tests, including colonoscopy, by changing diet and getting a little thinner. Mm -hmm. And over time, if you are diligent, then you'll be rewarded. All right, Dr. Levine, thank you. That is Dr. Joel Levine, professor of medicine and founding director of the Colon Cancer Prevention Program at UConn Health. That's our program for this morning. I'm Bill Pierce. Join me again next Sunday. You've been listening to At Home in Connecticut, a public service project produced by WTIC News Talk 1080. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.